Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the program. As previously promised, I'm here with part two of two of my story, Worried Sick. Um, And for this to make sense, you may want to go back and listen to part one. Um, There's a strange twist in this installment as well, so listen on for that. Um, Andrew released his episode, Don't Fear the Speaker, uh, last Saturday. I enjoyed that while on a long drive this week. It's excellent, so uh, so hit play on that one. And as always, uh, rate, review, follow, tell a friend, etc. about our show. Uh, thank you in advance. And the music you'll hear in this episode is by Ryan Adams. It's called Self-Defense. Enjoy, and we will talk to you soon. I imagine a storm bottles at this pizza place Like when the shadows on another world train Lots of curls and falling bangs Moving soon to the ocean bay I've been trying to win this war inside my brain Nobody wins, they all go insane Don't tell me I ain't got no soul I just need some time with this after all Here comes a lie It's in me Come on, let's be late It's only self-defense against the moonlight You're so heavy like the rain on the sidewalk Steam rising up through the grids Slow cars and pretty eyes and Moon crushes in the winter sun Broken shoes stacked up in the trash cans on the street Puddles reflecting some Christmas lights Feel like I'm gonna lose my soul if I think about this
admittedly, the story to this point seems a bit too buttoned up. Like a sitcom where everything is resolved in 22 minutes. That is more or less how it went down, though. My hypochondria did, for the most part, go away when I started self-medicating with alcohol and cannabis. And it did feel like a miracle cure for a while. I had something resembling a normal life back, where I could focus on things that brought me joy instead of worrying about death. All I needed was the looking forward to getting fucked up at the end of the day to keep the paralyzing thoughts at bay. But as most of us know or find out, trying to cure a mental health problem with alcohol and or drugs isn't a sustainable answer. So I was 18, was finished high school, and working part-time at a gas station, fresh off an epiphany that drinking and smoking pot made bad thoughts go away. I could finally begin thinking about the future instead of just trying to survive the present. More importantly, I could get excited about the future. What did I want out of life? Due to my struggles, I barely scraped by in school, so college didn't seem plausible. I also didn't have any refined talent or skill other than a vague interest in writing and music. And even though the self-medicating freed me up to think about a path forward and enjoy life a bit more, I was still a pessimistic, unambitious person who battled existential thoughts like, what is the point of anything if we just die and are forgotten about? So what solution did this bleak perspective yield? Well, after pumping gas and getting drunk for 10 months, I decided to drive across the country while getting drunk, as I've detailed in another episode on this platform. I'd leave my fate to the passing landscape. How fucking romantic. As could have been guessed, my daily drinking and smoking habit consumed my money, ambition, and any optimism that remained. I was back home in a flash, with nothing resolved. But hey, at least I didn't think I was going blind or had Parkinson's or something. With little money and less hope, my dad voluntold me for a position at the pharmaceutical factory he worked at. For half a year, I packaged birth control pills on an assembly line before going home and drinking two 40-ounce bottles of Colt 45. Man, did I look forward to that after-work nightly ritual. Downloading music on Napster while getting increasingly intoxicated, all in an effort to forget about the stupid factory. But alas, not even the promise of a euphoric malt liquor buzz could make the birth control line tolerable. So I planned an escape. My brother was living in Ottawa at the time, a more exciting city, about an hour away, so I asked him if I could move in, provided I get a job. He was shockingly amenable to the idea, so that's what happened. I landed a gig as a night cleaner at a university and resumed my aimless trajectory. The one positive that came from working the graveyard shift was that I quit drinking, almost entirely. It's difficult to find a motivation to drink when your shift ends at 7 a.m. 
What wasn't great was that I replaced getting drunk with sleeping. My daily activities consisted of getting off work, grabbing a can of Pringles at the convenience store, and then going home and watching TV until I fell asleep. I would wake up around 8 p.m., shower, make chicken fingers and fries, and leave for work again around 9.30. Thankfully, this depressing chunk of my life only lasted four months before my boss shifted me over to days, at which time my daily drinking began again in earnest. Uh, Hey folks, uh, this is Glenn here, um, cutting in on this story in progress. I've actually been wrestling with how to conclude this story for a couple of days now, and it turns out that I'm just not that interested in rehashing my struggles with substance abuse, depression, and anxiety. The reason I'm not interested is because the story is not that interesting, and if I'm not excited or moved when writing something, how can I expect the reader to be? The truth is that I'm more interested in how to move forward instead of looking back, and detailing my past struggles feels uh, cumbersome. However, just so I don't leave you hanging, um, I was a functional alcoholic until about the age of 30, drinking daily after work. I somehow managed to hold a job, though, and I even bought my first home at 28 in the midst of this addiction, which was instigated by low self-esteem, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and crippling anxiety. I quit drinking for three years, from 30 until 33, picked it up again intermittently until 40, and as I write this, I have not drank or smoked weed since July 2022, and plan to keep it that way. It does, however, take a lot of hard work and determination to maintain this abstinence, and the medication regime helps. And that pretty much brings us up to date, and in a much quicker and less painful fashion than if I had droned on for multiple pages. Um, I'm not trying to downplay or diminish mental health or addiction here. In fact, as a means of connecting... I invite listeners to write in with their own experiences. Personally, though, I would just like to get on with the remainder of my life without the baggage of being in recovery or being a former alcoholic. If identifying with AA or recovery helps you, that's fantastic, and I'm genuinely happy that it does. But it doesn't really help me, so that's why I'm cutting this story prematurely. So thanks for tuning in, and in the coming days and weeks, I hope to think about other topics to write about that are of more interest to me, and hopefully to you. I heard a writer say recently that while writing, it can help to imagine telling the story in a bar to a friend. The job as a writer, in my opinion, is to keep the reader engaged, and when I feel like I'm losing my purpose and conviction on the page, I'm running the risk of boring the reader, and that's the last thing I want to do. Seriously, though, um, how do you guys deal with creative slumps? What about overcoming or presently battling with addiction uh, and or mental health stuff? I'd love to hear some stories and strategies. Um, Until next time, when I'll come with arms full of riveting content, take care and take it easy.